With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Has this ever happened to you? You're sitting at home, minding your own business, watching the news. All of a sudden, the Flag Smashers come charging in, cut off your power, gas your home, then the Falcon comes busting through the window, wrestling with the Flag Smashers, then a big old helicopter takes off from your roof, and just when you think you can get away in your car, it gets lit on fire. Of course, we all have been through that scenario, and that's why insurance is so, so important in your day-to-day lives. That's why this week's episode of Everything is Super is sponsored by GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. The world outside your window may be looking a little more red, white, and blue, but no matter what, everything is Falcon great here as we are breaking down the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or should I say Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Still not entirely sure. All I know is we have not changed our names, the three co-hosts that are on this podcast, as we're going to break down the ending of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this six-episode miniseries that is going to build into evidently a lot more as evidence not only on the show, but also in the news that came immediately afterwards that I'm sure is very much going to be talked about in this podcast. First, let me, of course, welcome in Kevin Mahadeo coming in, uh, soaring in uh, in his little NYPD helicopter. Kevin, nobody's going to throw you off course anytime soon. I, I'm not riding with any police helicopters. Um, <laughs> I have a question for you, Mike. When watching this episode, did a exclamation point appear above your head and like this sound and then you just heard the word snake snake yep. snake yep. i wanted to go i wanted to hide under a cardboard box for the rest of the episode and just hope that nobody noticed the thing that i said of course that chortle that you hear is from the lovely latanya starks who uh who came on and was ready to to point out how much i have to eat crow or eat snake as it were upon a certain reveal that happened in this episode i would prefer if you ate crow than, than <laughs> eating the actual snake. But, that, you know. That, oh, you mean to... That... <laughs> <laughs> you meant literally you wanted to eat crow over snake? <laughs> I... Oh, like oh, like the dish would be like, oh, I have a nice sautéed snake with some uh, garnished crow <laughs> yes. pits over it. <laughs> some crow on the side. <laughs> Yeah, let's just let's just turn why. me now into someone that eats every animal on Earth. Like, let me be, become Craven the Hunter and just eat every <laughs> single animal with a heartbeat. That's my new podcast persona, oh, evidently. Oh, God. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, here we are. Finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I know we certainly came in with expectations as to will this series stick its landing or will it go spiraling out of control like a helicopter that has been taken over by the Flag Smashers? Uh, so I'm sure we're going to get into much more thoughts about the overall path of the series next week, because next week we are going to do, much like with WandaVision, a feedback show. It's going to be me. It's going to be Kevin. It's going to be Latanya, And we are going to be rejoined, coming back from the moon, the great Josh Wiggler is going to be here. Uh, he's going to be joining us to go over the feedback that you all sent in about either the finale or the series in general or what's to come next. And I'm sure Kevin and Josh are going to talk about what they have coming up next on Everything is Super, which should be incredibly fun. So please make sure you tune into Everything is Super next week. I also believe there's going to be a Marvel Dissembled uh, documentary, much like they did for WandaVision coming next week. They talked a bit more about the behind-the-scenes process of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And considering what we talked about last week, uh, I'm sure there is a lot to, to be told when it comes to what exactly happened behind the scenes in terms of making this. But let's go back to the finale in particular, before we move into all that macro stuff next week, let's focus on the now. Kevin, what are your overall thoughts of the finale? Oh my gosh! I mean, the finale I feel like is the is a good microcosm of the, what what's great about the show and like what doesn't work about the show. And I think the stuff that is great still shown through, which is mainly I think the Bucky and uh, Captain America, let's say stuff. I think it's really great. I think Sam stuff is good. I think the Bucky stuff is really good. All of that I really like. And honestly, I, I'm in I'm in a weird thing of like I I like the John Walker stuff, but I feel like they could have done it better, which again is how I feel about the entire series with that. And man, oh man, the things that don't work just do not work. The flag smashers and Sharon Carter stuff is I'm just going to say it's bad. It's bad. It's not even like not like like, okay. it's bad in my opinion. And that is unfortunate. And it is, I think, a detriment to the show overall. And like it's going to it drops it down for me in terms of like the overall stuff. Like this is very the show is ultimately like WandaVision, I think, middle of the pack for me. I think WandaVision is a little bit higher. But I think when it comes to the MCU stuff, this is this is going to hit middle of the pack, sadly, even though the stuff that is good is, I think, really good. All right, Latanya, what were your thoughts about the finale? Do you agree with Kevin? Disagree with with any of the points that he made? I agree with Kevin. I do think that there were some very powerful parts of this finale. Um, The Isaiah Bradley stuff in particular, just rewriting him back into history ultimately, albeit in the tiniest part of the Smithsonian that we could possibly find in the corner, was great. Um, just his, seeing his reaction, Isaiah Bradley and, and his uh, grandson's reaction to seeing Sam as Captain America on TV, um, all of that stuff worked really well. I'm really confused about the geopolitical state of the, Mar- the, the MCU, because since when could a Captain America just have a conversation with a few powerful unnamed people in the middle of the street? while cameras were on and then have everything be okay. Uh, But also, yeah, the flag smasher stuff was, 
the first part of the finale for me was not great. The Flag Smasher stuff was not handled well. Their plan never made any sense, nor were we told what it was. What was the plan? What, what was, was the plan? The plan? <laughs> what was the plan? I guess they were going to take the people, create a situation that made it look like a terror attack was happening inside the building so that they could transport transport the people in the building out of the building and into waiting vehicles so then they could do something with those people. Do something, right? Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? Didn't they go in last episode being like, we were, we're going to, like, we have to kill people because that's what we do? And all of a sudden, it just, like, was like, well, no, now we're going to kidnap them. And it's just like, when did that become the plan? And it's like, now we'll kill them. And I'm like, now we'll dude, they're in a truck. Just, it's America. I'm sure you can get a gun from somewhere. If you have them, just <laughs> do the thing that you, like, what is your plan? What is your point? You're what just, is your Kevin, purpose? You're very much channeling Scott Evil right now. I have I a gun. Just, in my in room, my room. <laughs> I, I can go shoot him right just now. Right now. It's so bad. Like I didn't want to get into a rant about it, but like there, well, it's awful. It's awful. Oh my god! What uh, is your plan? I hate them so much. It's in all caps. I showed Tanya and Mike this. Like my notes in all caps was Jesus. I hate them. Uh, not, but not I, in the way that we're supposed to, right? Of like, no, hey, yeah. like oh, they're so evil. It's more so like, what are you doing? Uh, to go to use another gun analogy, it's much like, yeah. I think it's about in Better Call Saul, it's like the chimp holding the machine gun. Like, you're dangerous, <laughs> but you have no idea what you're attempting to, to accomplish here. <laughs> I, I don't know if I had as much of an issue with the Sharon Carter part, because I... Um, do like to see when women break bad in TV and movies. I mean, one of the best... It's not on currently, but like, you know, we just talked about Better Call Saul a second ago. One of the best things happening on television is Kim Wexler's kind of like mm. uh, arc in that show. And it's it's nothing like this, but <laughs> it is uh, in terms of how well it's being written. But I do kind of like the idea of the Carter legacy, uh, you know, meaning so much to so many people in the MCU and in like this world of geopolitical espionage and such. And then having her, um, you know, uh, her niece kind of subvert all of that and go evil is interesting. I just think that it could have been handled differently because the way that things happen in this finale is that Sharon Carter essentially executed all of the people that were evil for us or for Sam. <laughs> Again, it's confusing. Who knows? It's, it's, Nobody yeah. knows. It's, it's a point that I, I really want to get to because, yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the Sharon Carter stuff. Uh, I, I agree that I think the finale was a mixed bag. Overall, though, and I know certainly the discourse has said, you know, who has the better finale or series, WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale more than WandaVision, personally, because say what you want to, I think both of them were flawed in ways, especially when it comes to resolution. I feel like WandaVision had too many things up in the air that it had to land by the end of this, whereas like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're not saying, okay, we have to find out this, 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 and this, like we did with WandaVision, which is sort of the onus of a, a mystery box show. I will even just say if we're comparing quote-unquote final battles of the series you know in my first appearance here in the feedback show before going into falcon and the winter soldier i sort of decried the fight that happened between wanda and agatha harkness of just having a really odd pace where you hit her with a car and then they go to the middle of town and then agatha is there and then they go back in time to salem and then that doesn't really do anything so they go back it just had this odd sort of let's go do things that ultimately don't end up meaning anything this at least had a flow to it and admittedly 
I think a lot of it is buoyed by the first thing that I want to talk about, because I do want to focus on the good first, because like LaTanya and Kevin Bold said, I think there was a lot of good to get out of this, namely with the titular characters. I mean, let, let's talk about Sam Wilson actually becoming Captain America. It was an eventuality. We all knew this, even before the first episode aired. But I got to say, Kevin, I, I, I think it was earned. I love Sam Wilson as Captain America, officially. I do. And I that's the journey in this story I really liked. And, you know, we talked about last week, like, where is it going? And while I don't think they landed on a solid direction of, like, is he with the government? Is he not? Like, I don't think he is. Like, he's clearly going to do his own thing, and he's clearly going to be there to stand up to the government, if anything, like yeah, Steve and, would. And that's the thing. I do wonder now if there's if there's more meaning to sort of like that throwaway line from Val last week. Oh, yeah, the shield is government property. It's like this, this idea yeah. of a Captain America who is almost self-appointed, uh, not necessarily appointed by the higher ups. But I and I liked all that stuff. I liked the reaction from the public to it. I, I all I, and the Isaiah Bradley stuff in him I thought was so good. Isaiah's expression when he you know sees um, uh, the news on TV and then goes to the exhibit like all of that was so so good. I will say the one thing that I'm just like mm, I'm I'm not. I'm not all aboard on the costume. It's one Ooh. specific part. I like the goggles. I like I like everything from the neck down. I think it's like the the the, the that face part, right? Like the sides. Uh, very yeah, comic like, booky. Like, yeah, like the bat cowl essentially. Yeah, like, I think it's a sort like, of vertical part coming down from his goggles to his his suit. Yeah, yeah so I'm saying it's, it's kind of like a gator or something. Yeah, are, like that's the part. Agreed. Like it's just this, <laughs> that went away. Right, I think it would be a better costume, and it's weird to have that. Like, it's just an it just feels weird. It just looks weird. Looks but other than that, I think a costume. Yeah, like I was thinking it would be like a sleek because we it, this comes from Wakanda. Like, so Shuri made this right, and mm. what we saw of everything that Shuri has ever made is that it's like the sleekest tech. It's so cool looking, and it's lightweight, and it's meant to be because you are flying around in the air while throwing a shield while doing flips, et cetera, et cetera. But this does not look light. This looks like it was very difficult to wear. And it looked like it added about like 15 extra pounds of pretend muscle to the top of Sam Wilson. That is just not there. And we don't need it because he's already in great shape. We saw the montage. Um, So (laughs) I, I think that the, I love Sam Wilson. Like I, I love him and his character and I love Anthony Mackie. I will watch him in literally everything that he does. So there's nothing about him becoming Captain America. That's not going to land with me. It's the mechanics around how he was positioned that I have an issue with. It's part of the costume. It's the storyline. It's how they ultimately resolve things with the government. And then we get the stinger kind of the stingers at the end that are kind of eh and then meh and that's what I have an issue with when it comes to Sam Wilson himself no problem love him feel like him becoming Captain America was earned before the show even happened because I believe that in the feedback show post WandaVision Kevin and I were both saying why is this show called Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we ultimately get that Captain America and the Winter Soldier after the end credits which is cool 
Yeah, it's very true. And I mean, we're going to get more of it. Kevin, I don't know if I'm blowing your mind or if this even slipped through your cracks. I saw it in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, Captain America 4 uh-huh. is on its way. News dropped shortly after Captain America, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, the finale dropped that Malcolm Spellman is going to be part of the team that is going to make a new Captain America movie. I believe uh, it has been maybe not confirmed, but rumored that this is not going to be this, you know, Chris Evans you know, uh, cameo right now. So I think the Captain America really is going to be specifically the Sam Wilson Captain America. As it should be. We just had a show about how that is now his name. (laughs) Exactly. So I I certainly have questions. You know, I, another thing I was incorrect about, right, was in that feedback show when I was like, oh, I'm so excited about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because this feels completely enclosed, you know, on its own. It's not going to necessarily have to set up another product like WandaVision did with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I would not necessarily say that they had to write this with Cap 4 in mind, but I think given a way that a lot of these other plot lines, not necessarily Sam's, but a lot of these other character plot lines ended, which were less so to wrap things up and more so to service like well you better see what's coming up next with her with her and him in this upcoming movie that makes a lot more sense uh but we can focus on that announcement for now Latanya, how did you feel finding out that you know after you know debuting as cap on the small screen we are going to see sam wilson captain america helming a movie on the big screen sometime i love that part of it i i love that sam is going to be the excuse me, the Captain America going forward as he should be. Kevin's right. We did just have a whole show about it because the, the way from, in my mind, these Marvel shows were meant for nothing but to set up future properties. Like they were going to end the shows essentially where Endgame in the same kind of general state where Endgame ended. So that for the people who didn't watch the shows, they would still be okay with coming into mm. the movies with, you know, the knowledge that they already had. So that that part is not a surprise to me. I'm super excited that he's going to be helming Captain America 4. I don't know how I feel, though, about the fact that Malcolm Spellman is going to be writing the movie, given the unevenness that we got during the show. Mm. Yeah. Kevin, what do you, what do you think about the announcement? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm in a similar situation of, like, I'm very pumped there's going to be a next Captain America movie. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, I feel like, of course, there was going to be. It'd be crazy if there wasn't. Um, And I think Disney, you know, is very smart in its setup with stuff, right? Like, suppose you never watched a show. Suppose you just didn't watch it. You could go into Captain America 4 and you'd probably be fine. Because the last thing you saw was Steve Rogers give Sam Wilson the shield. So if this Mm -hmm. show never, you never saw this show... And you just see Sam Wilson as Captain America. You're like, well, yeah, that's what happened at the end of Endgame. So they're very smart in terms of like, you don't have to follow along certain threads to get there. They, they'll drop references, I'm sure. They're going to talk about the show because it is existed, it is canon. But it's the same way they do a good job of like, you don't need to be continuously caught up or feel, feel left behind. Um, so that's all great. The, the Malcolm... Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell? That's <laughs> someone else. <laughs> if you make something the Winter Soldier for 10,000 hours, you'll ultimately yeah, become right. good at it to write a movie about it. Now for someone completely different. Yeah, now for someone completely different. That part of it, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn because we know that there were production problems here. And I do right. agree, though. There's other ways that I feel like you could have fixed it. There's so many choices that could have been made with the Flag Smashers that weren't what we got. Feel like you had options and you went with like the the 
it's almost like they were just like, I don't know, we'll we'll fill it in later. And then it's like a week before the show comes out, it's just like, oh no, we forgot to fix that part. And just like quickly scribble stuff down and here's where we ended up with the Flag Smashers. So like, I'm interested to see how it goes because it's like TV is different from movies for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I, I agree that like someone else should be there to, to like, I don't know. It, it, it feels like for Marvel movies, it, it, one person might, might not be enough. You might need some extra hands for certain things. But I don't know. I'm excited one way or another. It's, it's a Marvel movie. It, very lately, they haven't really failed when it came to the movie part. So I'm like, you know, positive about that. So, yeah, it's it's excitement with a little bit of trepidation. Yeah, I, I so I I don't know I I am looking on the you know forward to it, at least for, especially from the Spellman angle because I would like to imagine that like you said Kevin I think that the television and movie medias are so different when it comes to just how to script out content I think it's become clear after six hours of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I do think this would play better on a binge this was not necessarily the show for week to week consumption. I don't think where it just seemed like the episodes would probably flow better into one another if they came right after one another from a viewing experience. And so I do hope that if you bring that to a movie setting, it's like, okay, great. Uh, You know, it's almost like restricting your, your sense of time, even though Marvel movies tend to run nearly four hours at this point is able to, I don't know, foster more creativity while simultaneously feeling like you can maybe close in your worldview a bit. I do feel like one of the bigger problems with this show was that we talked about this last week. I do think that maybe Spellman at all maybe pursued too much with like, okay, we want to do our titular characters. We want to have John Walker have a storyline. We want to have Sharon get brought in, but like have a big mystery around her. We want to set up the flag smashers, make us sympathize with them and then sort of like break down their cause all over the course of six episodes. It is a lot to squeeze in there. And so I, I do hope that, you know, Malcolm Spellman walks into Cap 4 and says, okay, maybe if we concentrate action on, you know, uh, a core group of people, even something like Captain America Civil War had reams and reams of heroes in it. But really, from an arc perspective, it only was about a select group of characters. And so I hope that he can learn from that. I think though the the skeleton is good at this point like thematically i am so happy with what the show did uh it did things that i to be completely candid and this speaking as like commander white guy here uh bringing up subjects i never thought would be talked about in the mcu period uh, and so to to have those conversations and like at least bring up these ideas is a, a really cool thing and so my hope is if malcolm spellman has that thematic confidence with a little bit more knowledge now as to what it what's an undertaking to do this Marvel project and specifically what not to do when creating some of these Marvel projects. I think we've got a, a genuine bona fide hit on our hands, especially if, if you bring back Anthony Mackie and if Sebastian Stan is running alongside him till the end of the line. Well, I yes, uh, I agree with a lot of that. I think the biggest thing, though, that that needs to be fixed is and this is. This is this goes back to what we were saying last week. And I think the Marvel TV is suffering from the same problems of a lot of Marvel phase one, which is the villain problem. 
Marvel Phase 1 had not great villains, and I think that, like, we're seeing a little bit of that here, and especially in this show. And the unfortunate situation is that you need a strong, you need a strong villain and compelling villain, especially when the point of the show is to earn particular moments. Like, the ending speech Sam gives to the senators slash people from the, I don't even know what position, which is my point. Yeah, like, we don't knows? fully, like, we fully, right. And this is the thing. If you don't set those up, if you don't land that properly, when you have this big moment and a powerful speech, it loses its power because we're not sure what the heck you're even trying to really hammer home. Like we hear your words, but do we really, are we really caring about the stand, like what you're arguing about, right? Like the whole thing, because that, that fight connects back to the Flag Smashers who are so poorly executed, whose plan makes zero goddamn sense the, to a character for Carly, who unfortunately, that actress is great, but like the character was just like, boy, I oh no, she died. Like that that's not the reaction I should have. That's the reaction I used on Lovecraft Country. Don't make me use that here. Like oh, no. it's just so poorly executed of a character that like their motivations didn't, didn't work. What they were trying to do didn't work. Their plans didn't work. Half the time what they said didn't work. Like when she made that comment where it's just like, I didn't mean to kill your friends. I only kill people that matters to my cause. I'm like, you bombed 157 people. You're telling me every single one of those people in that building who stood something for your cause. There wasn't yes, just a dude Kevin. in there that died. Like yes. it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And so when you have that problem, when you do this big speech moment, it's a speech about a subject matter that we are not connected to. And that's unfortunate because like, it is a big moment and the words are important. When he's talking about who's in the room, that's all important. But it loses a little bit of that power because it connects back to the villain and the subject upon which you did not strengthen and solidify. So it's it's just standing on a wobbly platform, which is, again, like I said, very unfortunate for what was otherwise, I think, a really well-done character journey and arc. And this is my concern, dude, when it comes to the movie. I'm not Commander White Guy or Kevin, but my concern <laughs> here is that... We've got a lot of bricks, but we don't know what the building looks like, to quote Don Draper, right? So, yes, this show for sure was groundbreaking in many ways. It, the casting, the people behind the, the, the series, all of the episodes were directed by the same woman. All of that is great. It introduced us, uh, or at least to the Marvel uh, universe, concepts of things like redlining and police brutality and the idea of writing black people out of history and testing on um, on black people in order to, you know, just, you know, that the government did that. All of that, th- that is great thematically and important for our moment and for literally any moment in history. But if you aren't able to stick the landing, if you aren't able to bring together thematically all of those things, and if you're just relying on the idea of Sam Wilson becoming Captain America to coalesce all of those different ideals, then you end up getting the finale that we got. And that makes me concerned about what the movie is going to be because it can be a lot of high-minded idealization and it can be a lot of things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe desperately needs to have in its repertoire, talking about social issues that matter. But that does not end up mattering if we only have a couple things to hold on to that seem like lasting images from this TV show. And to me, those lasting images are Isaiah Bradley and his statue, 
um, the initial, I guess, like seeing Sam in the suit, even with the problems that we have with Sam in the suit. And then the very last image or almost the last image before the credits that we see of Sam and Bucky hanging out like their family and being having mm-hmm. someone being like, that's Black Falcon. No, that's Captain America. Right. Those three moments are not enough to bring together every disparate thread. Forget about the Flag Smashers. Just think about all of the different ideas that could be introduced in a Captain America movie where the Captain America is black. You have to stick the landing if you're going to go into that type of stuff. You have to. Or else, what are we doing? Yeah, so, and there's a cluttering, too, of this, right? Like, all the problem is is that there were so many themes that they tried to bring in and so many subjects that they tried to do. And a, a good version of that is, like, I would have liked a really interesting story about Sharon Carter and her Breaking Bad and becoming the power broker, but we didn't get any of that. It wasn't developed. It was just there to be a thing that we knew was going to be coming, I guess, except for Mike, um, that the rest of us <laughs> knew was, like, coming along be, the line. To be fair, it wasn't that I didn't know it was coming. It was more so me saying... If this happens, it makes no sense. And was I wrong? You weren't. It, it doesn't make sense because they didn't. They didn't focus enough on this character. They, like I said, they the only reason she would show up is to remind you that that Sharon Carter is in the show, and it's going to pay off later. So they they kept dragging out a reveal that most of us saw. Like, okay, that's coming, and wasn't a very impactful reveal because it's like, okay, because here's the thing. Who cares about the power broker? You did nothing to establish the power broker beyond, well, they're doing some stuff in Madripoor and, and, and the, the, the flag smashers, the people we, who we don't like or care about, uh, stole, stole the super soldier serum. And that's it. That's it. That's all we, that's all we got. And they're like, the power broker's mad. And it's just like you, you, you have this thing that's supposed to be a big reveal to a character that you've done nothing for us to be like, oh, man, the power broker. And so when the reveal happens, it falls pretty flat. Again, to Latanya's point, the bricks are there. Thematically, the stuff is there, but the actual foundation in the building, you're like, ooh, what what uh, what happened here? Like the, a, an earthquake is going to knock this shit over real quick. Yeah, or maybe an Avenger and then uh, another Zemo is going to going to take hold. Uh, Latanya, what were your what were your thoughts about Sam's speech? I know you spoke about like the ubiquitousness of who he was speaking to in particular, mm-hmm. but I mean as sort of Sam's, I would say, like coming out party as Captain America. This is really, I think, the first time that internationally and nationally he seemed to become that face and that identity to so many people. Did you have any thoughts about the, this particular speech that he gave? Yeah, I I thought that there were a lot of good points in the speech. I thought that it was, you know, given that we've had episodes, we've had an episode of this show called The Whole World world is watching. We've got cameras everywhere. That's kind of how we live now. So everything gets captured. Um, to have this kind of being broadcast everywhere on television, like they don't cut for time for this speech on TV, which in, in and of itself is ridiculous because there's no way that any network would be like, let's just listen to what he has to say about the geopolitical <laughs> things. But any anyhow, there were a lot of like good things that he was saying. You can make a phone call and feed a million people is true in America and every other country in the world, just about or true of America and several other countries of what we could do to help Americans and also abroad. Right. Uh, if And saying that we finally have, and in this universe, they do, they finally have one uniting thing that's all kind of messed them up, which is the blip. And I think that if we had had more of a thematic example of exactly what the blip did to people um, before the last episode, because we get the idea that 
They were going to open borders because when people came back, they found people literally in their homes. They found people Mm -hmm. literally in their jobs, right? But that wasn't a big part of the show, but it is a big part of the unifying principle of this speech. So while I can get behind the ideals that are being espoused during the speech, I think that it would land with more thematic weight if those things had been explored better in the show. And I think the purpose of it was that the Flag Smasher plotline was supposed to explore those things and then never got the opportunity to do so because of all the stuff we've talked about like last week and before. Mm-hmm. So for me, parts of it landed really well. I'm glad that he was able to have the platform that he had. Just seeing that image, I'm sure, like if that was something that were to happen in our world, just thinking about the idea of like my nephew seeing a black Captain America standing up for his ideals and beliefs and saying what this country could be doing better and speaking truth to power is a fantastic image to have for young black kids, especially around the world and for black people in general. But it's, the symbol, it can't be it. And it can't be the end all be all. We have to know what those words mean. We have to be able to figure out what ideal we're coalescing around. And because the show itself was so disjointed, it made this particular speech seem less impactful in parts. It goes back to like the last episode, right? The last, or not the one we just watched, the one from the, from the week before. So much, I think, of what could have been the thematic landings and the purpose of like picking up the shield and the point of like why do it, you know, why he's designed to do this, I think is impactful because it didn't, it wasn't dependent on the flag smasher stuff, it wasn't dependent on the speech and everything we saw. And again, it goes back to the weird pacing, and I think, in editing and cuts where I was just like, this feels like this is the last scene of the series and mm-hmm. they're showing it in episode five. And I think that's that's here too, right? Like, this speech has to be the moment of him doing the the big reveal. But like, part of me feels like we had a better moment last episode when that happened, where things coalesced in a way that, that felt real to me and made sense. And then instead, like now we have one more episode where this happens and it's the speech, like, 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 like LT said, the speech was important. The words were important. The ideas were important, but like, because it doesn't really stand on anything, it doesn't hit as hard as like something from last week, for example. And that's the note we're ending on. That's the ending note. So I feel like, yeah, it just leaves us with a weird, odd feeling for an otherwise, like, I mean, there's some great stuff that happened again in this episode, not to just like trash on, on that part of it, but it ties back to the flag smashers. And there were a major, major problem with the series and a big part of this finale. I don't know. I, I, I feel like this speech had a different intention than last episode. Last episode felt internal this felt external mm-hmm. uh, to go back to what Latanya said. I think the part of Sam's speech in particular, when he says, every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people who are going to hate me for it. You know, I feel it even now and there's nothing I can do to change it, but I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair, no blue eyes, just someone who is looking to believe that we can do better. I don't know that that feels a different message to me. Than it's him saying different. like then because that the last episode was more so about him talking about the Isaiah Bradley stuff right of like given what you know people like me have gone through should I be taking up this position more so in this case this is him like really making a statement of I'm not Steve Rogers I am just like you but that's why I will fight for you that that feels like two different messages to me and it, it's also just you know. 
those are universal notes for black people living in America, whether or not they have a shield and whether or not they have a suit, right? I don't have blonde hair. I don't have blue eyes. I'm just a person who's here trying to make a difference. And I think that that idea and that goal for Captain America is very important, especially in this particular time in the MCU and this time in our country as well. I think that I want to kind of like step back for a second and explain that my frustration about this show is not about Malcolm Spellman necessarily. It's, it's, I'm mad at Marvel about this. Mm. I, I honestly believe that if this was a show that was starring literally anyone else in the MCU, they would have taken more time to get their shit together before they aired this show. And it makes me really mad on behalf of Anthony Mackie and, and his, coming out party in the MCU. Like he literally said in interviews, you know, cause they were, cause Falcon and the winter soldier was supposed to be the first show. And maybe it would have been better if it was the first show, because then even though it's like comparing apples and like, you know, MP3 players, you know, for, each, <laughs> for you oldies that remember MP3 players, I don't know why that came out, but it did. Um, like WandaVision and, and Falcon and the winter soldier could not be more different if they tried. Um, so comparing them in my mind is, it makes no sense, but I get why people do make comparisons because they are the only two Marvel shows that are currently out. Um, I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier should have come first if they knew they weren't going to be able to fix all of these issues so that at least it wouldn't have been compared to what many people have called a masterpiece of television in terms of um, WandaVision. And I, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm mad at Marvel that we had Anthony Mackie literally saying we're going to be the I'm like going to be the first black Captain America. This is going to be the first Marvel show. Please don't make me look bad. And while they didn't necessarily make him look bad, they they didn't make his show look good. And that is where my frustration comes from in all of this. It's not like, oh, I hate on this show. Like, here's no, I'm pissed off at the MCU. And I think that they should have done a better job and maybe taken more time and figured out what to do with the flag smashers and with the blip and with the geopolitical implications of everything that that has to do. So you spoke about the black Captain America. Let's talk about that Isaiah Bradley scene, because I will fully admit that uh, the, the first time since Tony Stark's funeral that I cried in anything Marvel related was the unveiling of that statue. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I'm someone who immediately cries at happy things. So it's almost like I was sympathizing with that Isaiah Bradley moment. I think Carl Lumbly played it beautifully uh, just to see, because again, this, this is a, this was a very understandably angry and over it Isaiah Bradley that we have seen thus far in the series and to see him essentially like come to pieces over the fact that something he thought was guaranteed his legacy would be erased forever uh, to see that not happen to have that undone to have a statue of him erected that will teach people for years and years to come about the sacrifices that he made like he has a very palpable reaction to that and that just really hit me on a, on a very visceral level. Uh, and that's sort of how, how we say goodbye to the character and specifically like to the same storyline. Again, I know we get the sort of the, the shrimp boil powwow yub yub scene at the end of it. Uh, but this, this does sort of feel like sending off the Sam character and storyline for this series. Kevin, how, how did you think about the way all this Sam and Isaiah stuff was handled? 
I, I mean, I personally loved it. I, I, I liked all the stuff that I've done with Isaiah and Sam, and I like that scene a lot. I like the conversation he had with Isaiah in the garden a ton. Um, every, for me, everything they did there worked really well, and you have two great actors playing off of each other. You have, uh, I noticed Elijah in the background listening to everything what Sam was saying, and so that's great because, again, possibly knowing his future, it's good to, it's good to see that set up. Um, and, like, I really like that scene because there's also, I mean, like, and this is, this is just my POV on it, obviously, but I like this idea that, like, we're not, you know, your history is not going to be erased and it's important that we remember this history, but also like for Isaiah, it's someone who is bitter and angry and done with stuff because it's this idea of, to me, he has this feeling of it's like, no one, no one, you know, I fought for everyone else. No one has fought for me. So, you know, who, who's going to fight for me basically. And Sam is basically saying like, I will. And yeah. for someone who feels like he, they haven't had that, something that feels like at the same time so simple can i think can be so powerful so like for me like even his change in pov like works makes sense and i don't think it's like a full change but i I do feel like there's an effect there that works in my opinion about why you know he's thankful of this because it's like you go so long feeling like you have no one to that moment of realizing you do and having that person stand up for you i think it's powerful and can can change you because I think even deep down inside you hope for it and hope is the thing that, that keeps it burning. Um, and so having that hope almost come to fruition, I think is, is really great. Uh, at least again, that's my interpretation of, of all of that. And then why I think it works. Mm-hmm. Latonya, any thoughts about the, the Sam and Isaiah stuff, how it ends? Oh, for sure. So Sam and Isaiah are kind of the classic Afro optimism versus Afro pessimism debate. Um, that, you know, that people have and people who are Afro-pessimists honestly come from a place of our history has been, you know, that uh, a large part of our history, because I'm not going to sit here and say that like all black history is pain and suffering because it's not. But a large part of our history has been that. And then it has been forgotten and erased versus Sam being like, well, what am I even doing here if I'm not trying Uh, kind of the Afro-optimism side? I teared up the second I saw Isaiah Bradley and his grandson sitting there watching the TV and like, mm. you know, seeing that this is like Sam Wilson, Captain America. And you see Carl Lumbly is just so fantastic in this show. Absolutely. Um, and he's working through layers and layers of makeup as well, which is really difficult to do. Um, I just, I love to see him working in his little garden. Like that makes me so happy that he like has something that he can like tend to and watch it grow and flower. So I started tearing up during just about every single Isaiah Brasley scene that there was in this because it really is just years and years of torture that this man endured and then being forgotten by the country that he fought for and nearly died for. And all of that changing when, you know, Sam Wilson comes essentially to the rescue. And I definitely did cry when he saw his statue. I knew that that was coming the second that he was saying, let's go someplace, let's take a trip. But I I wasn't prepared for the emotional impact that it had, because for me, it reminded me of like my grandparents, for example, and what would happen if they saw their stories dramatized or otherwise on television and how they would feel. And how that would make me feel. And so it gave me all of the feels, <laughs> I guess I'll just say. <laughs> so let's talk about the other half of the titular equation. Admittedly, 
much less of a Bucky episode than a Sam episode. But Bucky's got some stuff, right? He has a little bit of a Steve, his own Steve moment when he he's able to to bogart that motorcycle and ride it into a concrete barricade. Uh, but Bucky, yeah, but Bucky gets some closure here as well. Literally, he closes the book on a chapter of his life. Uh, he We get a nice little Dr. Felthy appearance, and it appears that when he finally goes to tell Mr. Nakajima about what happened, that, you know, that was the first step in him really working, working to make amends in the right way. Uh, and so, again, from, like, a mental health perspective, I think you bring up a great point, LT, before, about how, like, episode one and episode six connect really well together, where mm-hmm. they're sort of, like, closing the book on those themes that were set up in the first episode, it just sort of is like everything in the middle where we sort of strayed away from all that stuff. But see, episode one really set up like the geopolitical stuff with the redlining and like the economy post blip and Bucky exploring, uh, you know, therapy and everything. So I'm glad we were able to revisit back to that stuff. I guess my question is, uh, LT, A, what did you think about Bucky closing the book? And B, where the hell does he go from here as a character? <laughs> Well, I was just terrified every time I saw him on screen that he was about to die. <laughs> so that that <laughs> I'm just glad that he's still alive because I I did not think that he was going to make it out of this show. Like when the when the truck of people was about to fall on him, I was like, well, I guess technically he's a super soldier, so maybe he could catch it, but probably not. He would probably just die from truck smashage. Smashage. I I think that. The closing of the book is something that's so necessary for the work that this character has been putting in for several movies at this point, Um, starting, you know, when he's just trying to, like, not kill people in in Civil War and then, you know, going to Wakanda and, like, having just a moment of peace there. And then you're right, tying back to the first episode of the show. So I'm glad that, you know, he was able to present that book to Dr. Felfi at the end and, you know, with like a, a nice card, very, very forties of him, just something that people don't really do anymore. I was surprised that he gave away Steve's notebook though, I will say. Um, but, you know, like closing the chapter on all of that has to be cathartic for him in terms of what the hell is he going to do going forward? I have no idea. I'd be fine if it was just flirting with Sarah all the time. Just like <laughs> that's, letting her that's kids his career path now is he's just yeah. like fine. He's he's earned it. Sarah. He's Look, earned if Steve it. can if Steve can can get his moment, why can't Bucky, right? <laughs> yeah, it, just letting Sarah's kids and loved ones hang off of his metal arm like it's a jungle gym while he's like simultaneously flirting with their mom that, and staying in New Orleans and eating great food. That I would be fine us, if, by the way. <laughs> We did. We were like laughing for like five minutes. We had to pause it. It was yeah. really fun. It was cute. I thought it was mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. And I'm and I'm what... happy if he's if he's happy because he's been so sad. Like he's you know he's got that little hang doggy face. I just like root for him. I love him so much. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin, of the way we finished things off with the Winter Soldier? I mean, I really liked it. Right. Like he returned. Like for me, the the book return made sense because like that that scene with Sam and him talking about like. It's Steve's book, even right. Like you're, you yeah. need to. We need to move past from Steve, and I think that returning of the book was really great because it is him trying to try and uh, trying to finally move on and find his own way, as opposed to connecting it back to Steve. That missing piece. In fact, it's like like these two characters who 
we're like, we're not friends, you know, we're only here because of Steve have linked together at the end because like we even see that their arms around each other um, in this very like amazing bro moment that I uh, absolutely love. So um, it's it's so great. Good. So like, I love that. I loved his, you know, going to talk um, uh, to the old man. I loved him looking in the window, which also uh, as he's staring in the window in that scene specifically, because it's like a close up shot. I'm just like, God, he looks so much better with that short hair. Damn, why did they have this long hair on him? Look how good he looks. And so I was just losing my mind about that. And then they had the scene, like, yeah, with the 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 the, the cookout, right? They're throwing the shrimp on that Barbie and, like, cooking, you know, cooking together, hanging out, him it's flirting with the arm. Oh, God, yes, it is a crawfish boil. You're right. The um, shrimp are I, not on wait, the did you, Wait, did you go Australian for a second? I did. With, like, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love a good, oh my God, I love crawfish boils. I used to, one of my friends in New York used to do one every year cause he's from him and his wife from Louisiana and it was the best thing. He, he would ship crawfish from Louisiana, like pounds and pounds of it and like make them with like alligator sausage, corn, potatoes, all of it. And then do the whole thing with throwing it out on top of the table. Mm-hmm. God, I loved it anyway. Um, <laughs> that whole, like that whole scene, I, I really, really loved it. And like, like LT pointed out, like I, died when he's just there holding the kids up on one hand while flirting with Sarah on the other. It's such a great moment. And I'm glad he's not gone and dead. And I'm really excited about <laughs> the potential for the future for these two characters, you know, and, and where they can go. I, I do hope he's in Cap 4. Um, you know, Bucky has been actually hilariously a big part of all the Cap movies. He's a major yeah. factor in all of them. Sure so it makes sense. Be. Yeah. So it makes sense that that character will continue on as part of the Captain America franchise. And I'm totally cool with that. Um, I also, and this is less directly him, but like just, just this moment of like hilarity. I like that their side, like him and John's side of the flag smasher battle was they beat them because of an app. They literally just used yeah. the app to be like, aha, we gotcha with the app. And I was like, what? This is how they get them. They bring them down with the app. Um, so that's like, how, that really that's how they like, all get brought down, Kevin. It's always. Yeah. No, but, but I, no, isn't that great, though, that of all people, though, it's Bucky Barnes, right? The guy. The hundred year old man. Who's yeah, the hundred year old man is like, I beat you with an app. I don't know. I think that's pretty damn fantastic. It is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, all that stuff I love. Like, these are strong points, I think, for me, like the Sam stuff the uh, sam and isaiah especially and the bucky stuff is just really good and i love that image of them just watching the sunset together and then just like you know because they are uh, you know especially saying and anthony mackie are you know buds in real life and they you know mm-hmm. in interviews they really play so well off each other and you really see that here i think come through and especially in that moment of them just yeah throwing their arms around each other and like walking off beer in hand ready to continue you know partying and having a good time it was a really fun thematic scene as well in that you got to see like the new normal for these two uh, because now you see, you know, Sam is like glad handing, warmly greeting this community that he has shunned in the past to pursue his own demons, but like now has come back into and now is saying, I'm representing you. And they are saying in kind, thank you. Uh, even though, and I think it's also very interesting that uh, basically all of those group shots that we saw uh, whenever it was like, oh, civilians reacting to Sam as Captain America, they were all, almost all people of color, which I yeah. find really interesting, especially that exchange that was mentioned before, right? Like, oh, that's the Black Falcon. No, that's Captain America. And I think that's incredibly well done and and poignant as well to be like, you know, representation matters quite obviously and and you can see how how gleeful people are of having someone who looks like them wearing that suit and literally taking the name captain america and then so as sam is sort of elevated 
from a regular old guy to this really important position, Bucky's the exact opposite trajectory, which is what he wants, right? Like he's the guy who's pretending to smash the cake down like he's the Hulk. And we talked about him playing around with Sarah's kids. That's always what he wanted to be. He wanted to become a normal person who has assimilated himself back into society. And it seems like he can now. And it's just, it's a really fun, like, oppositional paths, yet parallel paths. And I agree with you, Kevin. Uh, the, the really great thing about leaving the notebook is that this episode kind of felt like Sam and Bucky pouring the dirt on the metaphorical grave of Steve Rogers. Like, it felt like Steve Rogers was in their heads. We don't know where he is. He's on not the definitely... No, they're, on pouring, the moon, they're pouring moon dust on his grave. <laughs> exactly. But he's definitely not dead. But obviously, he was the, the third ghost in the room, right? He was always that presence, especially mm-hmm. when the two of them were together. I think both of them in their own separate way, between Sam finally taking that shield and that title that Steve offered him, and Bucky saying, I can still be Bucky Barnes without Steve Rogers. They were effectively saying, like, let's pursue who we are as people. Thank you to Steve Rogers, but we can take it from here. And I really love that moment, especially when we're looking at a, a movie, possibly movies on the horizon that is going to feature what a Captain America world looks like Stan Steve Rogers. It's really yeah. exciting, I think. And you're right. I mean, I, I, wa- I was a little bit disappointed that the only scene we got of Joaquin Torres in this was one of, as one of the people watching uh, to see that Sam was the new Captain America. I was hoping that he might fly in with like fixed <laughs> falcon wings and, uh, and help out. Uh, but yeah, just the friendship between Sam and Bucky. And even, in, you know, the last episode where we were talking about how that could have been the finale, like when, when uh, Bucky's walking away for some reason to go <laughs> end up in the exact same place. That Sam. In two days. Yeah. <laughs> that Sam ends up in. Um, they they had that whole thing where like you know we're not partners but like you know uh, we're like you, uh, teammates. I think that that means that there's going to be like a, a team up and in, in Captain America four with these two characters. Part of it is just two things. The first is you cannot fake the kind of chemistry that those two actors have with one another. They genuinely mm. love one another and and hang out with each other all the time. And the second thing is. You know, as great as Anthony Mackie is, as Sam Wilson, and he's fantastic. And I, as I've said, I love him. I'll watch him in everything that he does and have since forever. There's something about Sebastian Stan's performance as this character that I think is a little bit undeniable and that we, mm. you know, haven't talked about as much um, just because there are so many characters and there's so many things to, like, get upset about. But, you know, like going back to when Io was kind of like saying that he was free and he went through that whole thing of like having the keywords that made him the Winter Soldier deactivate. You know, we need to have that those types of performances in the MCU to ground it more and to bring us more into character moments. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into some of these other characters. We got to talk about John Walker here. Yes. Uh, because I, I talked about it last week, keeping a lot of praise on to how much they really fleshed out this tragic villain in John Walker. Kevin, to me, it was a weird episode for John Walker. What are your thoughts? I mean, kind of. It, it's tough because like where <laughs> I landed in my head of what they did, I think could be really great. It, uh, but... I don't know if that's what they intended, if that's the best way to put it. Mm. Because I, I do think that you have a situation where John Walker, the character, and the things he's done is really bad. And I, I, I'm not, like, agreeing with his morals or whatever when I say <laughs> this. This is the third week in a row. You just have to warn you're not a John I Walker just, apologist. What I am is, like, I'm not an apologist <laughs> to what the character does, but I like the character because I think... I, what but they, I love him. <laughs> yeah, but I love him. No, um, but I think their character work is interesting, and they did a good job with this character. At least the parts that I I saw um, that they were trying to do. Uh, again, like I wish they did a little bit more, right? And, and and really solidified parts of it. But I like the idea that they're they're trying to work with a character and really shape him into a bizarre antihero, someone who most likely for his own personal reasons, and I think that's the the selfishness of it. Um, is what separates him again from someone like Sam and Steve, but like to, to, to want to do good, to try and do good, but because of his own things like that is fascinating. I think that, that him, his excitement over becoming us agent, I think it tells a lot because you have a guy who's just really pumped about like, Oh man, I'm, I'm going to do good for what is clearly an evil person, but he's so deluded. He can't see it. Like that I think is black. Right, <laughs> like there's just there's something so wonderful about them. I in my head, I really hope that's what they were trying to do because I think that's what they did well is creating a character who's so broken and, and flawed because of a system that created him that he can't see the villain in front of his face or even in the mirror is fascinating, and I think that's interesting. I think that's the route they need to go with this character. I think turning too far of like. John Walker decided not to chase and kill the villain and save the people on the truck means he's good now is psychotic. And that should not be the, the answer here. Like, no, thank you. That's not how that works. You don't do one thing and then it fixes all the sh- yes, stuff. Yes, it does. What are you, uh, Roger Skywalker? We're two for two on that so far with finales. <laughs> we both went to the same place. Anyway, that's exactly, like, that's the thing, right? And so I, I feel like, I hope that's not their intent. And I think that like some people might interpret it that way, but I really hope that's not what they're going for. It's weird to make this comparison, but like, 
I've talked about, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, characters like this, like John Walker in the comics, uh, because mm-hmm. I don't like him and the Punisher. And the Punisher is who I'm going to go with here on this, because I think the way that they do the Punisher is something I don't stand by and will never probably stand by. And it's just like they, they keep doing this Punisher is just like this good guy with a gun as a hero. And that's not what they're doing here with John Walker, it feels like. And I, I want them to walk that route properly. I don't want it ever to become that that, that this, this person is just like, yes, we're just going to say he's a hero now because that's not what needs to be happening. And so I, I hope that was their intent. I worry that they were maybe trying to skew to make him too sympathetic and to be like, he's a good guy now. Cause look, he's trying to do the right thing. And I really hope they explored those other pathos uh, inside of him. Cause I think that's all really good setup and really good. Like this is a, something that could be a foundation. They could actually have the bricks and foundation to do this. Right. So mm-hmm. I really hope they do. Yeah. Latanya, what do you think about the end of John Walker and the beginning of us agent? Well, first of all, having Carly just kick his, <laughs> homemade shield <laughs> like it was nothing made me so happy <laughs> worked like, too yeah. hard on that <laughs> <laughs> get this like etsy shield out of here what are you doing yeah, this um, is, that, is that like the witch.com like what i ordered versus what i got <laughs> exactly yes, yes. <laughs> only there happens to be a, a metal welded into the back of it so that he can look at it for character inspiration i think that what we're being bowled over by here is the performance of wyatt russell in this role he did an amazing job. He just did. Like, and he's, he's such a, I, like in interviews or other things I've seen him in, he's just such a likable person that I don't know if he could, I mean, he's the son of, of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. So like, mm-hmm. he's a likable human being with a lot of charisma. I don't know if he would be able to be in this or any show, even when he's playing evil without making people like, be like, oh, okay, I guess I, maybe I, hmm, a little bit. Um, in, in the end, with him becoming U.S. agent, it's hilarious that it's the same outfit, just in black. Um, and also that he has trouble with the helmet. But um, he's still doing these things performance-wise where he's, like, celebrating, but at the same time, his, like, hands are twitching. And he's, like, mm-hmm. you can tell that he's not really completely – the there he's not the person that he used to be because of a combination of ptsd probably from combat that's been untreated and taking the super soldier serum uh just is going to make for the perfect storm when it comes to u.s agent i don't see him being given a lot of like peacekeeping missions i see him you know going out there to take out targets and and murder people and we'll we'll see the eventual I guess, impact that that has on him, his psyche, his relationship with his wife, et cetera. But for, for this episode, in terms of him showing up and screaming Morgenthau, I was just like, I, I, that was, I think one of my favorite line deliveries I've experienced in quite some time is for some reason he emphasized the third syllable. Morgenthau. An odd yelling. I'm obsessed with it. Love it. Well, it's it's a beautiful actor choice. <laughs> I just I want that to be the the text tone that comes up in our group text. <laughs> You're just in the middle of the night sleeping here, Morgan. Yes, yes, please. Um, <laughs> so that line reading alone, I think, earned him his time in this episode. Can we all agree <laughs> that? But not for Val. Don't call her that. 
Yes. John Walker would have just been arrested. <laughs> that's that, yeah. That's that's the thing is that what what I'm I'm so like discongruous with the John Walker stuff in this episode because on the one hand I absolutely co-sign everything you say, Kevin. I've really fallen in love with the John Walker we got in episodes two and five because it was such an interesting way to tell the story of an anti-hero or or someone who breaks bad for good reasons. He murdered a man in cold blood that did not kill his friend. That yeah. was not a good reason. Well, I mean, listen, I good is, <laughs> is in like good is in his own warped perspective. Okay. But then in this episode, he like walks past a line of police to stand when he's when he's effectively a vigilante, right? Like yeah. he's been de- he's been stripped of all of his medals and the title of Captain America. He's been decommissioned, so he's essentially like trying to become uh, a daredevil, essentially type of like I'm going to be the masked man in the streets, and nobody is carrying out action no against him. They're Who like, no, I, the suit? I, I, they're like, I want to see where I want to see where this goes. Well, let's let's yeah. see what happens here. It was it was. <laughs> I'll <odd>. allow it. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, allow, it. Who let him keep that suit? That's that is probably government. Property. You know what it was just, though. I think the post the post credit scene last time we saw him doing a lot of metallurgy. I think there's another post credit scene where it's him at a sewing machine and a singer <laughs> just like thumbing away into the night to sew a new suit. I would love to see that scene. Um, give give us more Disney Plus, please. Um, yeah, I think ultimately his arc is going to end up being really interesting, and I'm I can't wait to see what Julia Louis Dreyfus has in store. Can I just mention I love her I love her purple streak. She's amazing in this show. Just purple, also also the color of bad guys. I know it's it's like he's so dumb to not be able to see it. Come on. No, I went to Northwestern. Purple is not the color of bad guys. (laughs) It is in comics, unfortunately. But (laughs) sorry, if you're you're wearing green or purple, unless you're the Hulk, uh, who does both. Like unfortunately you're and the Hulk was even like a baddie from a certain perspective. Yeah, I I did love I love love that we get another glimpse of uh, (laughs) of Val here, right? With like the oh, I can't believe that car blew up. You, you know, uh, I wasn't, yeah. or was I? Or was no, I? She's oh, so I? good. I, she's just so good. Every like just, I, every second she was on screen was just perfection. It's just like imagine you gave Selena Meyer actual power and mm-hmm. just let her fully break bad. Like she doesn't have anyone around her to be like, hey, maybe we should focus group this. No, just <laughs> just like let her have unlimited power, unlimited power, and then. Yeah you know, access to everything in the government and a purpose. Um, unlimited power, but, but limited vocabulary. She does not curse nearly as much as Selena Meyer did, but <laughs> yes. yeah, so, 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 uh, back to that earlier point though, about, you know, Walker being involved in the fight. It was, it was strange to me that he was yeah. specifically that he was like buddy, buddy with Bucky and Sam. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? They, they clearly you know, did not part terms, like part ways. Well, <laughs> remember John Walker believed that Sam was taking the shield away from him and lashed out at the both of them. Maybe it's now for him like the enemy of the enemy is my friend, but I feel like we missed something in something between. happened. They they mm-hmm. fully broke his arm to get the <laughs> to get the shield back. They yep. had a very intense fight where I thought all three of them at some point were going to die. And then they just do the Marvel like nod to each other to acknowledge one another's presence at the end of a very intense fight. And that then we're supposed and we're just supposed to believe they're fine. Everything's fine with John Walker. It's and all now good. he's got a new job. 
we're all over it. It's totally yeah. cool. Like that's the part that makes me worried, right? Like, like I said, yeah. I think the foundation and bricks are there. They just need to put it together properly. Um, like the scene with him and Bucky with the app, right? Like there was, it was a little too buddy, buddy in that moment. Um, that it, it didn't feel like they should be there with each other, right? No. It should be a little more tense. Um, but I mean, the, the exchange was funny. I laughed. It was just like, Lincoln, really? Like, you know, I, I thought that was, <laughs> you know, I thought that was really good. But it is odd for that, for that, for them to be okay with it. Like, I, I, I think in John's head, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I just, like, at what point did they establish that, like, at any level of this, John Walker would be okay just quoting Lincoln and letting these people get away. I just, I don't understand it. Like, I get that, sure, take any opportunity to quote Abraham Lincoln, I guess. Uh, but, like, what? Yeah, it was it was an odd fight to start, not in the mechanics of the fight, which, again, I really loved, and I especially loved Sam being Falcon. Like, there was so much cool stuff, and it, it, it expanded upon the stuff that Steve Rogers was able to do with, like, taking to the air and the great coordination he had with the GRC member. Mm. But then there's even small things like the police saying, Sergeant Barnes, and then letting Bucky just walk into the GRC building, <laughs> cut to, what was it, episode two, when Sam and Bucky are like, well, we're not with the government, so we can do more things that are more in a gray area. You can't get involved, John Walker. That was the infamous stay out of my way comment. And so it's like, wait, okay, so now off screen, did they say, like, we need your help, Falcon? We'll work well, we with you. We also don't know who is working with the Flag Smashers or not, right? Like, some rando lady who clearly worked at that building was just like, here's the phone, um, uh, Bucky, and he, it's it's Carly. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up, Carly? And then also that, that girl just Fs off. Like, clearly someone who's working with the Flag Smashers <laughs> and he's just like, thanks, I'll see you later. And like, yeah. she just walks away. <laughs> thanks, like, Carol. Who let them all, who was gonna let them all get away? Um, when he was like one world, one people, we yeah. still don't know what the what the impact of this is. And I will also go as far as to say that though we saw Carly shot and she, we saw her being put on a gurney, but we didn't see anything being put over her face, if that makes sense. Like normally they when they mm. put dead people on a gurney, they like cover them up or put them in a body bag. She just kind of got transported. Maybe she's not a dead She's a super soldier. Yeah, no, that is very true. I, I will admit, I was like, oh, I'm surprised she died to like one bullet, you know, considering that Sharon Carter took a bullet. It was and, a two. Yeah, I that guess maybe two still two is, that, that's yeah. how you feel super soldier. It's not one, but two. It's a good point. Speaking of, uh, you know, the one world, one people guy, I do want to mention we got the brief glimpse of Zemo. And we wondered last week after Zemo got arrested, is this the end of him? I got to say, I love what we got because they gave us just the right amount. Like, as much as we love Daniel Bruhl, we didn't need to see him monologue again. It was just a moment of a really big reminder of even when Zemo is in prison, he can still cause damage. He can He's still a man of his convictions. And again, I like that about him. And from the get-go, he has said, I don't like super soldiers, and I will like kill them <laughs> to get rid of them. And he, he did! His little butler guy. Just like boop, like I, I like that 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 Zemo at least as far as that goes is just like a man of his word. He's just like no, you you knew this is how it was gonna go, and I like that 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 still happened for him, you know. Yeah, and it's also a fun little thing as well of a, a, a little turn and then a double turn in that scene where you hear that one world one people come out and you're like, oh okay, so the flag smashers aren't going to the raft. 
they're going to escape. Nope, they're going to blow up, a la The Godfather, <laughs> you know? And it, and it turns out yeah. that Zemo ends up getting the last laugh. It's, it's a fun call. And also, if we're talking about setting up future enemies, Latanya, this idea that Zemo could have mm-hmm. a larger role to play in the Cap world as well, of like, he may be behind bars, but that's not to say that he doesn't have influences around the world to do his dirty work for him. Yeah, and that he can't just as easily get out as everyone who has already escaped from that prison that we saw. Um, I just want him to finish reading that book. You know, it seems (laughs) like he's been working on it for a good chunk of time. Maybe he's revisiting it. I don't know. Maybe there's only one book in the rack. Yeah, it's his only book, so he's got to save for it. (laughs) But don't give us many books here in prison, so I'm just re. I don't want to reread this one. I'm more of a read the book, put it on the shelf, and sort of admire it from afar type of guy. All right, so let's let's start pulling off some band aids here. We we mentioned her many many times, but let's talk about Morgan Thaw and the the flag smashers. All right, so so Kevin, let's let's unload. Here, talk to me about what you thought about the ending of the Flag Smashers and the carrying through of the plan that we still maybe don't know what involved it was. I care just as much about the Flag Smashers as I did before the show started, which is not at all. Uh, it's just, I mean, the, again, they, they just. This is, it's extremely unfortunate. They, you know, I, I ranted here and there about it, but it is true. They just, they don't, their plan made no sense. Even in this context, what the hell were they doing? Who is working for them? They keep talking about how they have all this influence around the world, but like, why? Because like, what do they stand for? It's the, again, the the the, the bricks are there to create an interesting thing, but they just didn't. They left the bricks on the floor. And it's just unfortunate that that's where this ended up here, because like, even what she stands for and her argument and her fight, I just didn't understand any of it. There was no weight for it to me. And uh, the comments she would make every now and then, I'm like, this is contradictory to what you just said like 10 minutes ago. So like all that stuff just felt really weird and really odd and didn't coalesce at the end. And I didn't expect it to because uh, the trajectory was heading. Is that I don't think they were going to be able to pull it off. And also, also, she did the cardinal sin. And I know it's not her. It's the writing. But she did the cardinal sin of just like, no, Sharon is there bleeding out. Sam shows up and all she had to do was say, yo, she's the power broker. And instead <laughs> she decides, no, I'm not going to say that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like this, And this, this goes to the two things that I think are the worst about this show, which is the power broker and, and, and the flag smashers. And it's the one scene moment of the two of them together. And I'm like, I, I hate this scene. I hate this moment so much. Like everything about it is bad. Mike has to eat a snake. Like I feel so, like everything about what was happening was just such awfulness. And I just couldn't deal with it. I was like, oh, it's just, it's, it's not good. And that moment of it all was like the perfect example of why it's, bad in my opinion and like nothing the flag smashers do makes sense even in that moment <laughs> doesn't make sense for you to do it carly just say the word she's the power broker that's all you gotta do latonya it seems like we are laying the flag of the flag smashers down for now unlike steve rogers though should they get back up if, if carly does indeed survive that gunshot wound do you think the flag smashers is something they should go back to or is this more so a lesson on let's not mention them maybe ever again. That's a difficult question because let's not mention them ever again is a strong option. (laughs) Just because (laughs) like we, it took us several 
episodes to find out who the villain of the show was. And once we found out who the villain of the show was, we didn't find out why the villain of the show was and still didn't know what they were doing up until the very last episode. We just know there was a fight about it. So um, maybe that, but also maybe, you know, Carly gets recruited by Val. Don't call her Val. Um, mm-hmm. and, and ends up doing something because she clearly has to stay clear of Sharon, um, who we learn, I guess, in this episode, took her and her friends in at some point and tried to give them a life in organized crime. In the six months she's been around, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna we we we're gonna have a lot to talk about that because I, I to quote Hermes Conrad, that's this just raises further questions. This just raises further questions. I love that episode. It's so true, though. I I mean I I think I asked this question a couple episodes ago, which is like she was blipped, and now she's in charge of all the crime. Mm-hmm. What? How did that happen? How did she take over Madripoor? It, I and guess even, there's something to be said about like taking over during chaotic periods. So maybe that's But she wasn't what here for it, right? That was <laughs> the thing. Like, even if, like, at first I was trying to give the benefit of the doubt where I was just like, well, maybe she started it after Civil War, but then she would have been gone for five years. You yeah, don't so, go away for five years from an empire and come back. It's like, I'm still in charge, guys. No! Yeah, so here's here's the thing is that, so when we saw her picture in Endgame, right, we had made the assumption that she was blipped. It should be noted that Scott Lang was also one of the pictures we saw in that sequence. So mm. you could possibly say, well, maybe uh, a la the joke in Spider-Man Far From Home, she, you know, pretended she got flipped or it was like, uh, well, I called Sharon and she's not answering my call. So I guess yeah, that's uh, you know, she must be blipped. And so she's been, you know, uh, she's, you know, been out of the grid the whole time. Here, Here's my thing with the Sharon stuff is look, I, I understand I always want show don't tell, but I guess I want to add on to that as a corollary. Tell don't imply. Don't make us have to do all this mental math and headcanon to try to connect the dots when you try to quote unquote reveal a big twist. Because like I'm not particularly mad that Sharon Carter is the power broker as a concept. I think it's an interesting idea that here is this person who has the U.S. government literally running through her blood, feels betrayed by them in so many levels, and decides to sort of strike back uh, quite literally. And in the post credit scene, seems like she's going to use their own weapons against them. What I have a problem with is that we really got, like, no explanation after the reveal as to what her motives were in the time we saw her on screen in the show. And it doesn't need to be syndrome. You don't need to be monologuing even if it's just a couple of lines as you point the gun at Carly of like, uh, I've realized I'm done with super soldiers. That's why I was fine killing that dweeb Nagel, for instance, uh, or saying something like, uh, you, know, you don't, you don't realize what I've been through. I had to pretend like I got snapped to dust for five years while I was in Madripoor building my empire. And you brought it all down by stealing that super soldier serum. How dare you? There's, there's ways you can weave yeah this exposition into the plot to make us understand this character better besides adding wrinkles like you know sharon telling carly oh you when i took you in you reminded me of a younger me how old is carly wait how how does the timeline work out 
when did Sharon take Carly in from that perspective? <laughs> it's it just it really confounds the mind. So again, I don't have the issue with Sharon Carter as the power broker as a character. I think it's an interesting twist on the character, especially if she is going to sort of become a double agent. Uh, they got rid of Hydra, but there's still snakes in the lack of a manner of speaking that that are existing right now. The problem I more so have with it is I think in the world of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, from the little we were given of her because they wanted to make this big reveal at the end, we have not really been given any rationalization from the show's perspective. Instead, mm-hmm. we have to play connect the dots when they only gave us about two or three dots. How did Carly get to Madripoor to be taken in? I just, there's, there's so many questions. I have so many questions. And Marvel's like, oh, honey, we're going to give you nothing. <laughs> we're just going to give you nothing. It, and it would be fine and tropey in this instance for the villain to monologue a little bit before she shot some people, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't even give us that. All we got was that scene at the end where the government gives her a full pardon of what seems like just pages, hundreds of crimes, <laughs> just a very large stack of, of documents. Um, and and then she's suddenly got her old job back, but it'll probably be better because the government feels bad. Plus, Sam doesn't know that she's evil. So he's going to continue calling on her as an ally like he did here. It's There are just so many problems with this that I hope get straightened out. What I, what I really don't want, though, is for us to find out that the main villain of Captain America 4 is the power broker because we don't have any foundation for why she's bad now. Yeah, I it's a very thanks. I hate it. I mean, like, for me, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't even necessarily like the idea of, like, Sharon Carter as a power broker just because I feel like it's kind of boring it's again like it's almost like that episode where i feel like these are some checked boxes to every spy and espionage film so like that I just felt like another part of that and especially because it was something they've been trying to build up as a reveal and that i i feel like what like have her more involved in the plot than like not yeah. at all in these episodes like you mm-hmm. need to have if you want this character to mean something it has to mean something and to your point mike yeah and people people get mad about exposition but the exposition that's bad is explaining things that the characters already know if she never talked to Carly about any of this, you could have her say that in a moment of anger and it's fine because it's revealing something to a different character who did not know this. That's okay. Exposition works there, just all into delivery. And so, like we said, we get nothing because I think ultimately this the, the reveal is nothing. Like she's talking to a person at the end being like, ah, I have access to the government secrets. Who are you talking to? Why do we care? What does that mean? What does that matter? Like, okay, so you're doing what Hydra did? You're just, you're restarting Hydra. Okay, cool. We, we saw that. That happened. Like, there's just all these other things that just feel so, like, just boring and just cliche and just overwrought. Also, also, just, again, everything about Sharon in this I really didn't like. She shows up and she's like, I'm wearing a disguise. First off, she shows up, she immediately takes off the disguise. What was the point? <laughs> Two, why are you wearing a disguise when you're walking around in public? No one's going to recognize you. You're in New York City. Your face is not that recognizable. The like regular police aren't going to know who you are. You know who might know who you are? The people in the GRC. That's when you took on took off the face and went in. 
Why? That's the one place they would recognize you. Again, nonsense. Makes no sense at all. She barely did anything the whole time she was there. She killed that one dude with the mercury gas and other stuff. But other yeah, than that, you, she was just like observing. And she, yeah, yeah, and then, like, then her only point was to show up for the Carly scene, which again was a ridiculous scene where she's like, I'm just going to shoot that rock. And there we go. Like, It's just everything about her in this was just so nonsensical and so... Just man, again, they could have done better, and, and maybe it was production. And maybe no she wasn't able to her. come back. None no of the characters questioned it. They just how? What? What'd you do to that guy? Oh, just some mercury gas, and among other things. Why are you murdering people with mercury gas? But, but also, I'm a little confused here. So, if her intention was okay, I want to work with Sam and Bucky to get the pardon to get my way back into the government, right? This this seems to be, again, this is my my headcanon, this seems to be her intention, was once mm-hmm. she got in with Sam and Bucky, she said, let me work alongside them. I'm going to help them stop the flag smashers so then I get the pardon and I'm able to get into the government and get access to their new shiny toys. Why did she <laughs> call Batrock to have him give weapons to the flag smashers, who she then the wanted to stop to get the pardon. <laughs> to further the plot. <laughs> so the movie could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I guess no, that's quote really one like of my favorite YouTubers. Yeah, it's very like Abed Nadir, right? Of like, oh, this must happen in the third act. So therefore, <laughs> I need to give you the weapon. Exactly. To happen. It's, it's, it was just, that was just such, I mean, I'm, maybe it's her trying to play double H, but like she was enemies with the Flag Smashers to begin with. Why was she sending them an olive branch only to, to shoot their leader? It's none of it makes sense. It's just, and it's uh, uh, they had potential again to be interesting and be good, and maybe it was production. And like to Latanya's point about like I, uh, I really wish they would have just like given more time. I, I like I understand from a uh, because mm, just capitalism. <laughs> let's just say it right because of capitalism once again screwing all this sh- shit up. It's just like well we got to get this out. We got to put this movie out because we need subscriptions because we got to make money because we had a year of not doing anything and we need that money we gotta grind that those people so like they, they just pushed it out because they're just like this is what we gotta do just so we can meet the rest of the schedule for the rest of the year and it's just like the parts that end up suffering for it is just brutal which is unfortunate like this the show had a lot of potential that unfortunately shook and crumbled and fell because of a lot of outside forces but i just wish even little things could have been done like Again, you could have ADR some stuff better, I think, for the Flag Smashers. You could have tried a little bit more. And same thing with Sharon. Just, like, pace that out better. Just do a little. Like, I feel like there's more they could have done even under the situation they were in. And I just don't understand why they did it. <sighs> there so Who was she talking though. to? Why did it matter? There are so <laughs> many clues, though. I mean, Bucky said she kind of sucks now. You know, that's, <laughs> her hair was greasy, that, so you know. Yeah. I mean, it, all, it always comes back to that Android. It always comes back to that Android phone, though. It's one of the big the three: androids, aliens, and and wizards. So when you're using one of the big three, you know that you're a villain. <laughs> oh no, Kevin raises his in the air. Uh, let's let's get into some feedback here. As I mentioned before, we're going to get to I think much more overall feedback uh, next week. But let's touch upon some thoughts. From the finale, let's start with a, with a, a fun comment from Felipe. How the hell did Sam keep that uniform so clean? <laughs> that man fell into the Hudson River and fought in dirt and rubble, not to mention no blood stains. 
I call shenanigans. Is that is that what content technology at its finest, Latanya? That it's able yep. to like self clean itself. Yeah, there's probably like little nanobots that come out and like clean up all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of, other than the fact that it doesn't make any sense in Felipe. It's right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, know. I don't know. I don't know. That's I, why you don't wear white. I've, it's, I've it's seen I've seen seasons of Survivor where people have been able to like keep pretty pristine pieces of clothing throughout 39 oh. days. So I think, I think Sam can Were make they happen. fighting the power? No, not the power work. I, I almost call them the power smashers because it's a ridiculous Ooh. name anyway. So Don't close that out there, Latanya. That's going to be the main villain of Cap 4 is going to be the oh, power, power smasher. smashers. Oh, no. <gasps> uh, anyway. anyway. <laughs> going, going back to some of the positives from the series, uh, this is a comment from Riley. He said, uh, I want to, I just want to add the show did so much well and seeing Sam as Captain America and how he was a different form of Cap from the amazing costume to his fighting style as Cap to seeing the power of representation with him as Cap, seeing people cheering him on, what he means as Cap, how he understands the weight of himself being a black man as Captain America, and then seeing how he fights for societal and social change. A political Captain America was amazing. I just wanted to add in, I freaking love Sam Wilson as Captain America. Totally co-signed, but I, I want to hone in on a specific comment that Riley made, again, going back to the possibilities of Cap 4. Kevin, I mean, are we in for a more political Captain America? Uh, true to what Riley's saying. I mean, to an extent, uh, Captain America is always political. The dude is wearing the flags and stripes on, on his chest um, and fighting for the government and fighting against the government. So I think that politics were certainly in play there. But I think what we're seeing here is more sociopolitical. And I think that's a part of it that we don't get as much of. And look, it, it, you you have a situation that tells certain types of stories here and you should do that. Uh, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates is, is writing a Superman movie. I, I'm, I'm hoping for certain things to be discussed in that film. Like, you know, like, you have an opportunity to tell these types of stories, you should take it. Like, you you know, like a lot of us don't really get those opportunities to tell these stories. Some, when, you, when you got it, please take that swing. Um, so I really do hope that they explore a lot of these stuff, you know, a lot of these themes and a lot of these subject matters in the Captain America movie and in, Cap, you know, the, the new one, uh, whatever the fourth installment is. It won't be called Cap 4 because none of the Captain America movies actually have numbers in them. Um, but, like, I really want to see some of that. Like, Sam said it. I would love to see the effect of it, right? Like, there's going to be a lot of people really upset about this. That is just a factual statement, even from the comics. There were a lot of people upset about it. I'm not even talking about the people in the comics. I'm talking about the real world people who were just pissed because of, hmm, I wonder why. Um, so, yeah, like, I think... Racism. <laughs> No, <laughs> oh, that's racism, you know, <laughs> that, that word we all know. Um, but yeah, it, it's, 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 it's stuff that I hope they do. I really do. And they have a shot at it and I hope they take it. Ben Martell writes, I really want to talk about what the show nailed. And that was the parallel journeys of Sam and John Walker. Damn, I loved Walker's heroic turn in this finale, but also the fact that it was completely about getting himself back. It hit his privileged need for identity as a hero and showed why he'll be exploited by Val. I like Walker, even though I also see how thoroughly self-serving and privileged his heroism is. Then Sam's grappling with how he can embody Captain America in a world where white privilege will still define him. Those journeys were beautiful. So I know last week we talked a bit about the, the parallel journeys of... Uh, of John Walker and Bucky with the whole like do the work serving as sort of like a drone of your government stuff. But Latanya, do you have any thoughts about parallel journeys between John Walker and Sam with what Ben's talking about here? 
I do, but I, I'm not sure that I can see the them as parallels because of the privilege that Ben points out, because none of the, none of the things that were ever afforded to John Walker or are being afforded to John Walker would have been afforded to Sam Wilson. Mm. Sam did, was not given the mantle of Captain America. He took it. He, he, you know, gathered all the strength that he had and, and took up that mantle, but demonstrated all of the qualities that he would need to be worthy of it throughout the entirety of the series. In my opinion, I mean, he, he was just like, you know, trying to do his best and like giving people therapy left and right. And that, that's just the type of person that, that Sam is. Whereas when it comes to Walker, I don't know if we can completely say that his arc was getting himself back because just as early as the last episode, he was just angrily building a a shield because he came in saying, I am Captain America. It wasn't until like about, you know, I guess 15 minutes into the fight that he decided that he was going to start being helpful to people. That's not an arc. That that's just a heel turn followed by yet another heel turn that made me dizzy. So I, I I don't I don't see as many parallels because there's just so much privilege that it's involved inherently in every in this story for John Walker that he his experience could not possibly be compared to that of Sam's in my mind. Hmm. Corey Dot uh, is going to, I think, immediately raise some rage in you, Kevin, with his first <laughs> sentence. I'm satisfied with the Flag Smasher stuff. I know people wanted it more fleshed out. I don't think flashback scenes of during the blip or when everyone came back would have added much. They didn't want the reseparation and be kicked out of where they were living for five years and the mission became bigger than them. Don't think there's much more needed. Unless you're making this a longer series, in the six episodes we got, I wouldn't have added that to remove other stuff. I mean, to, to a couple points that Corey's making here, Kevin, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm assuming you disagree. I mean, were there things that you felt could have been taken away in lieu of adding more stuff for the Flag Smashers? Was it more of a qualitative difference than a quantitative difference for you? I honestly, yeah, I disagree. Um, but like, I honestly don't know what they could take away because part of me is just like there's nothing there anymore anyway so it's just they really needed to just add stuff because again the vagueness of those characters these are your main bad guys ultimately and what they're standing for and what they're fighting for is just so vague that it's even impossible to connect to because even right now we're like oh yes they were gonna do a vote and the vote was about kicking refugees out i guess like that 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 that's that's where we're going with here which we agree is bad i guess it's complicated like it's just so much of it didn't mesh well and so i don't think there's anything that could be taken away something more had to be put in there and there just wasn't enough like hey man to each their own but like the flag smashes for me were just like i said jesus i hate them they're just they have (laughs) no power behind what they're trying to do they don't feel like they really stand for anything except vagueness and platitudes. It's it's like the it's oh man, it's like the quintessential politician that doesn't answer a question but gives a vague answer, right? Like that's how it felt. Like, oh, well, what are you what are you trying to do? Well, we're gonna bring about world peace. How are you gonna do that? So my other points I wanted to talk about, what, huh? Like it's, it's, court. A thousand, court, thousand points, of light. points of light. Like it's great. Like that's uh yeah. So like I just 
mm, I really just didn't like anything about them. I can't even think of a thing that I was just like, yes, I really like that. I guess the actress. Yeah, Aaron Kellyman's awesome. Yeah, the actress is great. But even a good actress can only go so far. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, I think we can definitively say that maybe the strongest thing the MCU has going for it, and this is a really, really, really big plus, is the casting. I am hard-pressed to really think of any casting choice in the past maybe five years of MCU films that I have not been like, this is great. They're, like, really fitting well into this role. It's just, I, I like, kudos to their casting department for finding really, really talented people to sometimes even turn the material that is not A-plus into an A-plus performance as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, final thing I want to touch upon, because we, we end the episode with Isaiah Bradley. Let's talk about him, because Dave Baker has a couple of logistics questions. So I'll sort of go piecemeal through this. Latanya, did Isaiah seem to change his mind too quickly? Yes, he was impressed by what Sam said and did, but he was definitive about a black Captain America not being accepted, and his change of opinion seemed too quick here. I would think he would say something more along the lines of, yeah, they like you now, but just wait. What do you think? You talked about how much you really enjoyed Isaiah's ultimate turn. Did it come too quickly for you? I'm not sure if it did. I don't know if if the the imagery and the symbolism of seeing Sam Wilson as Captain America and kind of being accepted in that role after everything that um, Isaiah had gone, had been through. I'm not really sure that we can discount that because it's one of those things where I remember, you know, my grandmother saying to me growing up, we're never going to have a black president in like our, our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily that she did not want there to be a black president but it was just that she did not fundamentally believe that this country would ever allow that to occur and allow there to be a, a first black family, right? And then Barack Obama was elected twice and she was elated by it, right? And that was and that was an, something that changed so quickly for her because she didn't think he was gonna win either time. She was just very pessimistic about the whole thing because she grew up in Mississippi in the 1930s. So. I, I have seen that turn happen in real time. Uh, so I don't think it happened too quickly. I think that there are just sometimes when you've been through so much pain and trauma that it just takes one image to kind of like, you know, bring you back to back, back down to earth and like mm. realize that things are possible and maybe you should give them a shot as a result of that. And not just him watching that, but him watching his grandson watch that also had to be incredibly meaningful and powerful for Isaiah. So no, I don't think it happened any more quickly than anything else in this show happened, honestly. No, I, I, I totally agree. Like there's the there's the the pessimism part, right? Like I, I even the stuff I'm pessimistic about, I would be happy to be proven wrong. The stuff that I feel like would never happen and would never come to fruition, I'm not going to be ex- like mad when I'm wrong about that. Like, I'd be happy to be proven wrong about that stuff that I feel pessimistic about, that I feel like would never happen, that the, that things won't change. Good Lord, would I be happy to be proven wrong. And I think that's a, a big factor, too. You know, like, it's not like I'll be mad when it happens, if it happens. And I think there's something there to that. Like, you know, it, it, to, to Latanya's point, it's just... You, you know, you go through stuff and you're going to feel a certain way, but it doesn't mean that you're just going to 
that's the be all end all of it, I guess. It's it, yeah, it felt natural to me. It felt right, and mm-hmm. it felt it felt earned in that moment. Yeah, and when sometimes when some of us are wrong, we eat snake, and that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> oh, next week. Maybe I'll do it on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe Please I'll do, do like it. a yes, yes. All right, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> so I'm, I'll, I'm gonna try. I'm just, uh, before we got on here, I was trying to do some research as to where I can get snake meat. If I'm able to procure some form of snake in the next seven days. I will be on the podcast chowing down, uh, truly eating my words that I made a few weeks ago. But of course, I will not be alone. Uh, it'll be me, the snake, Latanya, Kevin, and Josh Wiggler is coming back into the fold. He's officially back on the Everything is Super bandwagon, which is very exciting, especially once you hear what Josh and Kevin are going to be doing next. Because uh, for those of you that have your, your MCU sundials tuned in, you might know that we have about six or seven weeks mm-hmm. this and Loki. And so something's got to fill that slot. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see what's to come, uh, you know, as, as we look forward to that. I'm sure next week we're going to be talking more about Cap 4, maybe some other MCU news as well. Uh, the Shang-Chi trailer came out this week and it looks so good. Um, it looks like the some of the best combat I think we'll ever get in the MCU already from like a two minute teaser. Uh you know, we were talking about Secret Invasion last week with Val possibly playing a role. We now have Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark are both in rumors to be mm-hmm. on the show. We're just bringing on a bunch of incredible British acting talent to this show. So there's a lot of stuff buzzing with the MCU. And so while we're sort of sunsetting one project right now and looking off at it, we can certainly smile and put our arms around each other as as we walk away here because there is plenty more to come, including the feedback show next week. So if you all have any overall thoughts or questions about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, about you know what's to come with Cap 4, given how this ends, maybe just about the MCU TV shows in general now. We're sort of like two for two. We're seeing what trends are emerging, how do shows differ, etc., Write it all in, uh, super at postshowrecaps.com. Of course, if you're a patron of Post Show Recaps, you can also write your feedback in the Discord like a lot of these people did. And we'll get to it all next week with Josh. We'll give a fond farewell to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we'll talk about what's coming next in Everything is Super in both the micro and the macro. Uh, but we also have a bunch of other projects going on. Kevin, I know that you and Melissa are working hard on the ice to get through the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on the Patreon feed. That's right. We're halfway through uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Uh, five more episodes to go. This has been a real blast talking with Melissa about this show and about the movies. Um, and we have some fun stuff planned. Every uh, episode, we also play games uh, in, in which uh, I am asked questions about sports and or Canada, two things I know very little <laughs> about and um, embarrass myself pretty terribly. But it's all fine. I actually got one question right this week, which was very exciting. That's a goal. I got That's one. A goal. <laughs> so I got a question. Um, but uh, beyond that, obviously, there's there's a lot more going on uh, on the Bocho Recaps uh, uh, Patreon feed and the Discord. But along with that, though, something you said I did not know about Emilio Clark. And you said this is for Secret Invasion? This is yeah, both Olivia yeah. Coleman and Emilia Clark okay. for Secret Invasion. So if Emilia Clark is in Secret Invasion, which involves Sword, Sword is also where Lockheed comes from. Lockheed is a dragon. If Emilia Clark is there, dragons should be in there because Emilia Clark dragons. Lockheed means Shadowcat. Shadowcat X Men X Men confirmed. Theory. <laughs> there you go. Wow, that 
escalated very quickly. I saw the math just pop up in, in front of Kevin's head as he was talking it through. That was some a beautiful mind shit right there. It was brilliant. Oh, I was so brilliant. I I am spent right now. That is incredible. <laughs> I did not wait to see. Now it's confirmed. It's got to happen. Yeah, now. confirmed. Obviously. Uh, yeah. Latanya, I know you got stuff cooking up over on reality TV wrap ups. What's going on over there? I literally have stuff cooking. Uh, I am covering uh, along with Haley and Kurt this season of Top Chef, which is going swimmingly, I must say. And I'm enjoying all of the um, the chefs that they brought back to, like the former chef testants that they mm-hmm. brought back to, like be a part of the of the series. So you can listen to us. That podcast actually also drops on Mondays, so you can get a double dose of Latanya on Mondays, or you could space it out because I get it. Uh, <laughs> should they, should uh, they do for Falcon and the Winter Soldier like what they did with Top Chef this season? It's like, oh, Steve Rogers as a previous Captain America, you will be sitting in on the judging panel to see how Sam is doing as Cap. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but what a great idea. Um, I honestly, what I would take just about any opportunity to see Chris Evans again um, on, in the MCU. Um, not as Captain America necessarily, um, but, you know, yeah. But maybe have him be a guest judge on Top Chef. That would be lovely. I would love to see that. Um, other than that, I am, you know, just hanging out here with you all and soon to be Josh. And then looking just as forward as everyone else to this big reveal about what Josh and Kevin are planning to do next. Because I have no freaking idea and it's driving me insane. Yeah, um, the idea <laughs> is it's it's going to be Luke Skywalker showing up. To <laughs> oh my God, what are you next. doing? Just, <laughs> 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 Someone, that, it's, it's a subject they've always wanted to cover. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, you can just <laughs> all about me on Twitter at LK Starks and in my apartment wearing my Grogu socks. <laughs> and of course, you can follow the rest of us at Kev Mahadeo, at a Mike Bloom type, as well as at Posha Recap. Certainly let us know your thoughts about the finale as well uh, in both, you know, feedback form, as we said, uh, you know, email super at com or in the Discord. Tweet at us. Uh, obviously, this has engaged in a lot of discourse uh, over the past six weeks through all, all the, the eventful things that have happened. And it has been so much fun to talk through this. Obviously, we're not done yet. We still got one more. Also, a reminder to people, as I said at the top of the podcast, there is going to be uh, a disassembled or assembled. I can't remember the name of the documentary series. They did it for WandaVision. They're doing it for Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. It's going to be a behind the scenes making of featurette. So there will be new Falcon and the Winter Soldier content for you to watch next week. So make sure you're tuned on to Disney Plus. Maybe don't wake up at 3 a.m. necessarily. Uh, to It's not a need to watch at first thing in the morning, but you can enjoy it with your coffee on Friday morning. And we'll certainly be talking about it alongside Josh next week, as we begin to to take flight on Falcon and the winter soldier. Thank you all so much for listening and for contributing feedback as well. And for listening all season long, this has been such a great series to really digest the good, the not so good. As I mentioned before, there were so many cogent thematic elements in here, especially when it comes to the superhero genre that were just a lot of fun to talk about with the two of you and with the larger populace as well. So I'm looking forward to hopefully another week of that and whatever's to come on Everything is Super, as Luke Skywalker will tell us next week. (laughs) So that's going to do it for for this week on Everything is Super. Again, next week, Feedback Show with Josh Wiggler. Get us your feedback. Until then, dismissed.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.